How many times should you repeat instruction during a tennis lesson? Find your aha moment right after this. Do the best you can with everything you got. Struggle day to day, cherish every fight you fought. Destroy your obstacles, remove the blocks. Got to stand strong, can you do it? Breakthrough, can you move on? Wherever you... Welcome back to Find Your Aha Moment. I'm your host, Brian Lutz of BackhandCity.com. Don't forget to sign up for our group tennis lessons on Monday and Tuesday nights in Coconut Grove. Monday night is for intermediate, and Tuesday night is for novice level. Both classes start in the evening at 7.30 p.m. So today's topic, how many times should you repeat tennis instructions during your tennis lessons? Let me repeat that. How many times should you repeat instruction during a tennis lesson? There, that's much better. You know, it reminds me of a couple stories because there is no right answer. Uh, some people pick things up super quickly. Other people need to be repeated to. So I used to live in New York City, and I coached tennis on the Upper West Side at this private school called the Trinity School. Uh, we had a boys' team and a girls' team. Uh, the girls' team was in the fall, and the boys' team was in the spring. And I remember during the spring season with the boys, my assistant coach, also JV coach, came to me. We were all waiting by the bus, and I was like, how's it going? What's going on? And he's like, you know, yesterday I told so-and-so uh, this is what they should do on their serve. And we get to the match today, and he does exactly the the thing he wasn't supposed to, and he reverted back to his bad habits. He goes, I don't know, how many times am I going to have to tell this guy? And I go, as many as it takes. Because I think what would happen here is this guy was a tennis enthusiast. He played tennis. He had never coached, and he was the JV coach, and he had a lot of passion. He was super organized, but I think one thing he learned there was just because you tell somebody something one time, doesn't mean it resonates. So it was funny. You could see the light bulb go off in his head by the bus when I told him that. I'm like, keep telling them the same thing over and over each time they make the mistake. Uh, I had another school. Now, that was with kids. I worked at the Hunter College. We did group clinics for adults on Sundays on the Upper East Side. And I had one of my coaches come over to me. And we typically had about 16 people in that class. We had four courts, or, uh, two courts, two coaches, and one roving coach. And uh, he comes over to me, and he's exasperated. He's like, I keep telling so-and-so to go over here. Here's the drill we're doing. And so-and-so's always wandering around. They're never organized. They're not in line. They have a lot of questions. And I said, you know, maybe she's, an audit she's not an auditory learner. Maybe she's a visual learner and you need to show her while you tell everyone else what the drill looks like. And again, he had his own little aha moment. He just looked at me and he went directly back on the court and he fixed the problem. And I think one of the things you have to discover as a tennis instructor, and it's just as important as a student, is you got to understand how people learn and what resonates with them. I mean, you could be yelling at the top of your lungs for someone to get their, their ball toss higher. But if they're not an auditory learner, you might as well spe be speaking Chinese. A lot of people are hybrids. They're either auditory, a lot of people are visual, and some people are kinesthetic. 
So a lot of times when you're doing group classes, you have to speak in all three languages, especially when you're doing groups and you're doing your demonstrations because you want to hit on all these bullet points when you're explaining something. And of course, the moral to all this story is do not be afraid to repeat because a lot of times people just aren't paying attention. They're tuned out. They're either hungry. They're thinking about work. They're thinking about something else. They're thinking about their dog. So a lot of times you've got to repeat what's going on. And another thing I do is I'll ask a lot of autocratic questions. So I'll make people think and engaged. So I had a student this morning was asking, why do I meet the ball late on those fastballs on my forehand? And we kind of went over some of the basic progressions. I'm like, why do you think that would happen? And he, and he kind of looked at me like, no, I'm not trying to be a pain in your ass. I want you to understand because what you did wasn't wrong. It was just different. And then once we got through it, the point really sat in with them. So at some point, the student has to invest in the lesson and you cannot just become this megaphone that's constantly repeating yourself. So think about those three learning curves, the auditory or the learning styles, the auditory, the visual, and the kinesthetic, and make sure your questions are autocratic. If your coach is not engaging with you in a collaborative environment, or you're a coach and you're not engaging with your student, they're tuning out, those are some helpful tips so you don't have to repeat yourself every single time. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of Find Your Aha Moment. Don't forget to go on iTunes and rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast so you can get notified each day. It doesn't take a lot of work. Just take a click, give me five stars, write a review, and you're on your way. Thanks for listening to this episode of Find Your Aha Moment. I'm your host, Brian Lutz of BackhandCity.com. I'll talk to you tomorrow. That's when push comes show. I knew it all.